Hey y'all, this is Jeff Ryder of Gravity Matters from Cloud Wrangler Comics, and you are listening to Adrian Has Issues, because you are smart. So we are changing up the formula, changing up the format. What you knew as Adrian has issues, plural, is now Adrian has an issue, singular, and that issue is me. I am co-hosting this episode of the podcast. My name is Kelly Brack. A few days ago on Twitter, I said that this is both the smartest and dumbest decision that Adrian has ever made. So without further ado, uh, here's the multi-time host and first-time guest of adrian has issues please welcome adrian to the show how are you sir i am equal parts delighted frightened and i also had a lot of caffeine prior to starting so this is going to be uh this is this is going to be a thing oh it's going to be a thing i assure you because <laughs> <laughs> remember like when you were last on the show um we were talking about um uh, what was it called? Pizza Murder was the name of the episode. We had made that joke about being kidnapped by like this guy, Ronaldo, and like, you know, using pizza <laughs> delivery as like a stall tactic to keep from being murdered. And part of me thought, it's like, I probably should have ordered a pizza prior to this. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, oh, that, that would have been just too good. Like, I, I'm just surprised that you remember the name Ronaldo. It's such like a, a weird name to remember, but like props. I love that episode, and I, I don't know if I really got a record to say it is, but regardless of the numbers, I just remember having a hell of a time in the episode because we were talking about your anthology, and we went off on like this bizarre tangent, and honestly, I don't know if anyone got as much fun out of it as we did. You know, we're talking about like <laughs> Spider-Man playing the video games and jumping off the Empire State Building, and like we got into like a thing, and I had so much fun talking to you, so when you had pitched this idea, I was like, let's definitely do that. And I'll worry about what happens afterwards. Well, you also just stated all of your regret and possible remorse <laughs> right after I introduced you on your own show. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure exactly how much truth is uh, going in there for you. But oh, no, I'm I'm totally just joshing me. I'm so excited to do this. Let's let's go. All right, let's go to basics for anybody that is unaware or unfamiliar with you, why don't you give a, <laughs> on your own show, why don't you give a brief background? Who is Adrian? What does he stand for? Why podcasting? All right. Well, first off, I'm Adrian. I'm an absolute weirdo. And as long as I can remember, you know, some people, like when I tell you, like they sort of kind of stumble into geekdom, like, okay, maybe they had a friend of theirs who would talk about a certain thing a lot and they'd get into it. No, like, I feel like my parents, especially like my dad, he was grooming like a total dork ass because there was, by the time I was able to acknowledge what books were, movies, there was just, I had homework of things I was supposed to read, watch, and just pretty much do as I grew up. And all this stuff, just it as I grew older and older, and all this just pop culture minutia that just was just swirling around in my head, making ridiculous references, watching ridiculous movies, and, you know, reading comic books. It just, I became this whatever I am now. And it didn't necessarily net me a lot of friends at all, but what it did kind of do was then I'd meet people who were similarly minded, and we would just have conversations about the very things that I grew up being into. Isn't it weird? Because you just said that you, like when you were growing up, you wouldn't have met a lot of people based on the geekdom. But that would be 100% 180 now. And that's kind of the beauty of it all. Because like I said, growing up, there wasn't a lot of people who at least I knew of outside of my own family and like one or two friends here and there that mm -hmm. I knew that were into the same things I was until as I got older. And especially now, and I would say like the last 10, maybe even 15 years as fandom and geekdom started to become a little bit more socially acceptable people started finally speaking i was like hey i'm into this thing so am i cool like because you had to just sort of know it was like a cult thing you either knew somebody or you didn't but now it's just out in the open and as i found those people especially with social media 
Like I was just meeting more and more. So to answer your question about why podcasting was, it just felt like a natural progression to something that I've always just done with friends of mine, whether it be comic books or movies we've seen and just these ridiculous bits, much like the pizza murder bit that we did where we would have these conversations and after we'd laugh, he'd be like, oh man, someone should have just recorded that because that would have been great. And now there's an actual format where people can have those conversations and go, we should record that. And someone can then say, we already did. And then subject those same conversations onto the rest of the world and just have fun with it. Like, I've met so many wonderful people through this, you included, and a lot of others that I never would have known of or heard of had I not been doing podcasting. And as someone who was very introverted growing up, it's an awesome way to kind of just interact with people whom share similar interests and even some interests I didn't even know I had before then. So it's just a, a cool way to connect. Even though it may be through the internet, it's still very real and it's still very awesome. I have to know, just because even though you seem like a super positive guy and everybody seems to love you, have you ever had like a really bad talk or a really bad guest that you just didn't air it? Like you have in the archives, you didn't upload it to the podcasting streams? It has happened. That's all I'm going to really say. No, no, I know. I, I did not <laughs> want to go into detail. It just popped in my head. I'm coming down from like a cold. So I'm all fuzzy up top. I, I will say this, though. I learned a lot from it. I think I may have said guesting on another podcast, and I'm so sorry I can't think of the name right now. For anybody who does this, now, for some people, it's just hobbies. Some people... It's like almost like a job, but in a lot of ways, this is not an easy hobby or, or I shouldn't see that's the thing. I don't want to necessarily just consider it a hobby. And that's something that I've been trying to change is the idea that to some it is, but to some, like I take it very seriously to an extent. So it's not an easy thing to do. And believe me, there have been times where episodes have not gotten off the ground or there have been times where. You know, you go to do a show and next thing you know, your equipment fails or there are so many things that can happen during, before, after recording and the editing, which is the part that is, you know, depending on how much editing you do, can be very time consuming. So right. it does suck when something happens where it doesn't work out because you're like, you put in all that time to then have it go like, oh, damn, like that, that didn't take or, you know, we have to reschedule because, you know, certain things come up. Like, it's definitely not an easy thing. It's kind of like working retail. Like, I feel like everybody should do it once, but it's definitely not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot more fun than retail, just so you know. <laughs> All right. So since I have taken on the mantle of uh, guest hosting your prestigious podcast, I guess I will go through a gauntlet. Uh, well, there there's going to be Twitter fan questions later that I'll run through. Okay. But right now, in the first question I asked you, you were referencing geekdom and how you were groomed in this geekdom. So do you remember your first outlets? Like, was it a cartoon that did it for you? Do you remember your first comic book, your first quote-unquote geek movie? Like, uh, take me through the, uh, the history here. All right, so... Now, this is, of course, after years, and I don't even know if I'm remembering this correctly... I wouldn't even consider it being a geek-related thing, but the very first thing I was aware of in any sort of pop culture capacity... See, I don't know what came first. It might have been either Thundercats or Die Hard, <laughs> which is not exactly Which, the... they're in the same realm. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember very vividly, like, let's see... I'm three years old in 19... It was 1988 when the first Die Hard came out, right? Or was it 87? Are you asking me? Dude, I don't... I don't fucking know. <laughs> I think it might have been 1988. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being in a movie theater, and I... Well, now I'm remembering being way too young to be a part of this. Because, you know, my parents were not the type that could afford babysitters. So I just remember being a very small child in the 80s. Watching a man with no shoes jump off an exploding building. Spoiler alert. Dude, I've never seen it. Wait, that's right. I remember, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, because I remember there was an exchange. Didn't we talk about this before? Was this on Twitter? Well, it was uh, possibly on Twitter, yes. Or was that but in we Star, talked about was it Star, Star Wars? Wars? It was Star Wars. Yeah. 
That's right, because I know you were talking about, I think it was Emily Pearson was going to uh, have you uh, watch it, and you were like very adamant about not doing that. Well, let's get one thing straight. I wouldn't be very adamant on doing any kind of movie watching with Emily. She is not somebody I would want to associate with outside of social media. Social media is my absolute bar. I think she's a fantastic artist. She could be considered a friend, but she's kind of like, you know what Yoko Ono, like her whole meaning to the Beatles. So Emily Pearson is Yoko Ono to me. And I'm every other Beatle except for John Lennon. Are you actually being serious? Should I not say that? Oh, no, I love Emily. Because, <laughs> 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 again, I, w- I didn't want to bring up somebody and turns out like, oh, shit, like, this is a thing. First of all, I would never go on a rant about, like, never in a million years. I love Emily to death. But part of our, our relationship is I have to needle her. Oh, so, yeah, it was Star Wars. But really, Die Hard, you've never seen it? No, no. There's so many more, man. Like, Jaws. I don't know. Like, fucking handpick. Like, <laughs> I'll give you a basket of movies from, like, the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Chances are you're going to pick, like, one every time that I haven't seen. But, yeah, it's funny. Like, even more so than comic books, I think, that movie opened my world up because I don't think I'm really at an age where I can properly differentiate between something that is happening in for real or something that is happening in a movie. And I think over time, I started to kind of understand it because my father would always go out of his way to, like, you know, take us to the movies. And that was really, like, my, almost like my third home was the movie theater. So whatever it was, sci-fi, especially sci-fi, because that was, you know, in action movies, that was really it for me. And then, of course, you know, being a reader, you know, my father handed me comics being like, hey, you know, you should read these and, you know, The Silver Surfer, you know, Black Panther especially. Like, there was all these books that he was into Then he had me read. And, of course, he, we have spent the better half of uh, his life and also mine yelling at me about I read too many of them because that's where a lot of my money went. <laughs> yeah, oh, I hear you. <laughs> but a lot of that really was Die Hard. Like, I think that was what made it for me was just watching Bruce Willis jump off an exploding skyscraper. I don't know what it was about that scene, and I probably should not have seen that movie as young as I did, but I feel like that was it. Like, it was whatever that was, I wanted more of it. Interesting. I would say for me, it was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, see, I love that movie. I don't care who anybody says. That movie is dope. That movie is fucking amazing. It really is. Like, I I don't even need Costner to have an English accent. (laughs) Like, just that movie had all the beats I wanted for for a film but uh the way you're describing die hard for like your geekdom i'm i'm pretty sure that's what robin hood did for me i think a lot of people need to admit that that movie did a lot more for people in our generation than it you know that it didn't like and of course i you know the uh minute tights joke like you said about the english accent i think after that people were like oh well he's not speaking english accent this isn't robin hood but i was like come on the cast was killer. He had Christian Slater when he was still on top of the world. He had Morgan Freeman. He had that ridiculous Brian Adams song that still makes me way too emotional, even though you've heard it like at least once a week on like Light <laughs> FM or whatever department store you're shopping in. But like, tell me, if you listen to that song right now, you're not going to get chills. I do. Exactly. That is the quintessential ending credits movie song. It is. And I think, uh, no, no, I... I'm not going to turn this into Robin Hood podcast. I was just going to go on an absolute tirade talking about the 19. Oh, my God. Me and Lonnie Nadler, we were just talking about this. Oh, my God. We had like a comic book, like games, drinks night. And I went off on Robin Hood. I think weirdly enough, I swear to God, I think I compared Robin Hood to Die Hard. And I was completely drunk. So I made zero sense. (laughs) Anyways, uh. Do you remember your first comic that you read? Okay, uh, one of them was a reprint of I, uh, my... <laughs> I can't remember the issue number of those early Fantastic Four where they meet Spider-Man for the first time. Wait, no, it was Spider-Man in which he runs into the Fantastic Four, that's right. Yeah, I think it was either like number two or annual one. Yeah, it was really early on. 
And I just remember that being really cool. And I did not grow up like a big Fantastic Four fan, like definitely more Spider-Man. But I just kind of thought it was amusing that those two didn't really hit it off like right away. But yet now it's like he's such a big part of that family, you know, especially, of course, being good friends with the Human Torch. But I don't know. I dug that one. Uh, definitely some early reprints of like Black Panther. Uh, my dad tried to get me to read Silver Surfer because that was one of his favorites. Because, of course, my dad was the uber nerd when growing up, like, Silver Surfer was his guy. And he's still upset that he has not seen, like, a good Silver Surfer movie. And I'm like, what kid reads Silver Surfer, like, regularly? And not just when he pops up in another comic. And, yeah, my dad was that nerd. So I didn't, <laughs> I, I, and I love him to death, by the way, but I did not get the Silver Surfer thing until years later. It wasn't until I got angsty, then I got it. And I think maybe that was a difference. Uh, let's see, definitely Ninja Turtles. I, there was a few comics from, I think, maybe, like, based off the cartoon I read a lot of. But there were so many, I can't remember, like, my very first one. It's weird, it always felt like they were just always around. And I can't remember this being, like, the first one, because there were a lot that I had that I trashed because I was an idiot. So, <laughs> I probably could have easily traced it back if I kept better care of my stuff. Is there a saying for, like, when you wear something out... Something, lots of love shown. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I know. That's, what is that saying? It's like, if you wear... Oh, shit, now I'm not going to think about it. Should I just Google it? Don't don't Google it. Let's go through a process okay. of trying to figure this out together. All right. No, let's not, let, let's not do that. I was joking. <laughs> oh, no, don't tempt me, because I will sit there and try to go through the whole process. I will derail this whole podcast for one second. This is my one chance to take over the Adrian Has Issues podcast. <laughs> it's like, don't tempt me, Frodo. What? Oh, fucking Lord of the Rings. I was like, yeah, there's going to the be a lot of those. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> to be friends with me is to have to endure random pop culture references at any turn. Oh, my God. What, <laughs> let, let, me, let me get your thoughts on this. Because I've heard from multiple people. I'll oh say it when God. you calm down. Are you calm now? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> all right. Take your time because we got all the time in the world. All right. Let's do this. You're good? Okay. I'm good. So let me get your thoughts on this. All right. How much weight do you hold for somebody who's creating something to be steeped in the history or recent history of pop culture? Like how much do you think they need to know in relevance to – pop culture throughout the decades for what they're creating. So what you're saying is if, I don't know, you were writing a comic book about the eighties and you're trying to, I guess what you're asking is how much do I think you would need to know in order to do so? Not necessarily just in creating anything. So it doesn't, it doesn't need to be something in reference to what I'm creating. So like, let's say I'm creating like a detective noir story. Okay. And let's say I'm having a casual conversation with X person over here, and they are shocked that I have not seen Jaws and Die Hard and Star Wars. And they make a point that I would be better at what I'm doing had I been informed by all that stuff. I'll put it to you this way. I have a very dear friend who, much like you, has never seen Star Wars. But she is one who takes pride in the fact that she's never seen Star Wars. But at the same time, you know, and I rag at her for not seeing it, but I'm not necessarily like, maybe like me younger, and I'll admit, I, I was that guy for a little bit, where, you know, you kind of want to test people like how much they know. And that was really with anybody. But yet, I learned very quickly, there are certain things that some people miss. And it may be by choice and just they never had an opportunity. So, yes, I may have reaction that you've never seen Star Wars. Like, oh, how have you not seen Star Wars or how have you not seen Die Hard? But at the end of the day, like, I really don't care. Like, yeah. it would be cool because then it'd be like, oh, you've never seen it. Well, hey, let's watch it together. But I'm not going to necessarily give somebody a lot of shit because they haven't seen a certain thing. Like, there's an initial shock because you just assume that everybody has seen or read this particular thing. Because there's also a lot of fandom that I'm not into. Like, I'm just now trying to get into Doctor Who, and I know a bunch of Whovians could have easily made me feel bad for, like, oh, you don't know all the, the numbers of the Doctors and, like, this and that and the other? And how would I have felt? So, really, at this point, I'm like, all right, if you were writing a Detective Noir story and maybe you didn't know 
the ins and outs of every noir book or movie there was, it's like, is your writing still good? Is the story still captivating? Like, it there shouldn't be based off of your knowledge of the thing that you're into because that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good at it. Right. I've watched a lot of martial arts movies, but I couldn't tell you the first thing about martial arts. I still get my ass kicked. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> damn, I'm trying. Sorry, like I tried to remember the last martial arts movie I saw. I agree because I, I don't think there's right or wrong. To me, like I, I think uh, pop culture is very much like comic book storytelling where you shape your own continuity. So to me, what pop culture is, is going to be very different from what it is to you. Right, exactly. I get the references. I know the beats of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, do I know dialogue? or the gun of X character, like, no. But at the same time, like, I don't need to. I don't think that's going to inform anything I do, but I seek out the pop culture that does speak to me, and that's the pop culture that informs me. Because, like, I've never seen an episode of Friends, and I do not get the references. People try to tell me the references, and they say I'm missing out. And it's just like, I'm honestly... I just didn't get your reference for a few seconds. I'm already over it. (laughs) You're clearly not. To me, Friends, though, like, okay, you not seeing Friends really does not affect me in any way. Like, I think you're all right. Like, a lot of my Friends watching was on, like, late nights on, like, whatever the local affiliate. It wasn't even, like, during its original run. I know enough to get maybe basic references, but it's like Seinfeld. Like, I'm going to just flat out say it. I was not a big Seinfeld guy. But I know people who quote it up and down, and I'm like, all right, cool. But again, it it does nothing for me. Were you a Friends guy? Not really. Like, I could watch it, but I'm not necessarily going to be the the person who's going to be quoting everything. Like, I think I know the theme song when I do the rest of the show. Like, you'll know the theme song, but but I could not tell you deep cuts, I guess you could say it that way. Like, the deep references that only, like, an Uber fan would know. Seems like everybody's an Uber fan of that show. It's mind-blowing to me. There's a market for everything, you know? So no, there <laughs> it's, it's fascinating, though, because a lot of people, this, not to turn this on me, we're going to go right back to you after this, but one of the things that irritates me to no end is the amount of talk to things that we don't like and not enough talk to the things we do like. Like, especially like Twitter is just capsule of negativity. I, you cannot escape it. By and large, that was sort of the idea behind this show. My buddy Atlas, if he's listening, he knows this. Like the uh, the show that this used to be, used to be called Agent and Atlas Have Issues. You know, we'd riff on something, but it was never really like the, oh, this sucks, this sucks, everything sucks. It was just more of the, all right, there was some stuff we were into, some stuff we weren't into listening to other shows and just even people I knew from like the comic shops I'd go into. There'd be that one guy and you, you know, this guy, maybe he goes by a different name wherever you grew up, but that one person that's always in a store who's pretty much leaning on a counter, talking the ear off of the clerk about, Oh, this book came out and this is, this sucks. And this is dumb. And I'm like, what books do you enjoy? What creators do you enjoy? Is there anything that you read or watch that, like, matter of fact, uh, my best friend and I, we had this whole discussion last night about, like, the whole hate-watching thing. Personally, doesn't make a lot of sense because, at least just from a time standpoint, because there's a lot of stuff that I'll flip through or maybe a TV show that I'll try out. And I'm like, all right, maybe this isn't for me or maybe this movie's not that great. Or if I look at something and like, all right, maybe this might not be my cup of tea. I could maybe try to watch it, see if I do like it, and if not, fine. But knowing for a fact that there's something that I'm not into... I never thought of the idea of like, okay, well, let's just watch this just to kind of riff on it. Unless you're doing like an MST3K kind of thing, because even there are times when I've done it to things I really do enjoy. But just to watch something that you know you're not into, like with you and Star Wars, you know you're not into it. Yeah. That's like, so if you watch, let's say, episode one, like, why would you then watch it to then rag on it if you know that you're just not going to really be into it? I would figure I'd rather just take that time and talk about something I did like or watch something I do enjoy. 100% agree. I will say this. I do think one day I will see Star Wars. I'll use this as an example. I never wanted to see Harry Potter. 
Nothing about it spoke to me. I'm not a really fantasy wizard kind of guy. Okay. Uh, it was um, a girlfriend I was dating at the time. She wanted to watch it. I'm by no means am I going to say, screw that. Like, I'm, I think I'm nice. So I was just like, no, absolutely. If you want to watch it, we'll watch it. So I sat down and watched the first one. I'm like, eh. And then by the time we got to the second one, I was all in. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So I, I think, like, it's possible the same thing could happen with Star Wars. I think it's a lot less likely. But there's hope. Oh, isn't hope, like, a key word in Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, there you go. See? Full circle. Did I full circle that? You got full circle. I don't know. <laughs> and that's why what I wanted to do with this show was... And, I mean, yes, there's going to be times where we talk about something that is maybe... Like, I didn't want to also didn't want to be so positive to the point where it looked like I was just smiling my way through everything. Now, mm. if there's an issue that comes up literally or figuratively that I feel strongly enough about that I could take a stance on, and there have been many opportunities, but then, you know, there's always that balancing act of, okay, how much do you want to give into this or how much do you want to talk about this? Because there's so much that's happening in a world of. Not even just comics, really, because that's something I think, by and large, in what I when what I want to do this year is kind of reaffirm something from the beginning that my love of pop culture encompasses a lot of different things, whether it be music or movies. Comics is something that's definitely you know at the forefront of that. But again, it all started with Die Hard for me. Believe it or not, the score for that movie did a lot for me. So I wanted to take all those things, like my love of movies, my music, you know, and then comics, and just kind of put it all in one cool blender and find different ways to talk about different stuff that maybe doesn't always translate to, like, panels and word bubbles. So I wanted to right. just really just talk about stuff that I just dug because, I don't know, like, it's, we kind of need more of it to an extent. Like, not everybody's going to like the same shit. Absolutely. I, beforehand... You're aware of this. There is a big Twitter thing going on where people have questions for you. Yeah. Oh, boy. Would you like to get that kicked off? I did get a glimpse at some of them. And there are some really good ones. And there are some that are like, oh, shit, I never even thought about these. Like, God damn, you guys really <laughs> you guys really uh, went through the gamut here. Yeah. People were uh, going crazy. There's a lot of Adrian love going on online. I took screenshots on my phone. So I'm just going to flip through to the first one. So the first one comes from Danny Lore, which anybody who's listening, if you're not aware, Danny Lore, one of the greatest people in comics, has a book coming out with Vault called Queen of Bad Dreams, one of uh, my personal favorite people on the planet. So Danny says, well, would like to know your fondest memory of a creator's answer or advice for people on how to modulate being a fanboy while talking to idols okay preface danny is badass like i do follow them and mm -hmm. that is such a great danny <laughs> question <laughs> yeah <laughs> and oh my god like that's such a good one to start off with okay so let's break this up what was the first half of that we'll start there fondest memory of a creator's answer so Fondest memory of Kelly's answer in the podcast that we did before. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What, wait, what is way to slide that across the table? <laughs> yeah. Well, either or. No, Let, shoot your let's shot. Just take, like, let's take let's take me out of the equ equation. Fondest memory of a creator's answer. Okay, there's two of them. Okay. And I think a lot of what I've been trying to do this year for anyone who's maybe heard uh, the mini so last week, week before last where I was talking about the direction I wanted to take the podcast, and there were two people who were on the show that I thought of specifically. Um, one of them was uh, Megaran, the rapper who's one of my favorites. Um, if you haven't listened to Megaran, definitely hit up Bandcamp. Check out his stuff. Like, he's incredible. And especially if you're into, like, video games or wrestling culture, you know, he's definitely big into both of that. And having a background in education, one of the greatest pieces of advice, like a lot of times, like a lot of like my guests will say things that I think they mean for the listener, but I also feel like they're saying it to me directly for what I'm doing. But one of the greatest pieces of advice I got from him was eyes on your own paper. There comes a point where, at least for me, 
with podcasting, I'll say it like this. I had been looking at other podcasters, whether I knew them personally or not. And it looked like everybody was doing like these big things and doing all these great things. And I started to kind of feel a little insecure about what I was doing. For a while, I kind of got caught up in the numbers. Like, okay, if it didn't hit this number, it bugged me out. Like, oh, you know, that was just a great episode. You know, it should be doing better than that. It should be doing this. It, you know, I had this idea of what the show should have been instead of just appreciating it for what it was and what it was doing. So when he said right. eyes on your own paper, to me, he was just saying, stop worrying about all the extra stuff. Right. Focus on you and what you're doing because your path, Danny's path, whoever else is listening, everybody's path is different. Now, there's certain things that you can do in that in terms of being, you know, of course, a decent person, a professional, not a creep, <laughs> you know, whatever it may be that, that will definitely help you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there's this one stop shop for getting to quote unquote where you want to go. Right. But at the end of the day, like you still have to do the work. So then I know you had said then what was the other question about like approaching create like approaching celebrities or something like that? Um, advice for people on how to modulate being a fanboy while talking to idols. What helped me, and I've talked to a few people who, I mean, they may not be like these crazy A-listers. It's not like I'm talking to Tom Cruise, but they were personal favorites that... Who's guest hosting the show? (laughs) You're trying to, like, just... (laughs) No, like, you got something to say? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I got I got plenty to say. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Sorry, I have to I have to rip on you. Uh, no, continue. absolutely no. That's uh, by all means you should. But like, oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I mean the the thing that helped me was mm-hmm. that these are people. You may see them a lot on TV. You may listen to their music. You may read their comics, but they're regular ass people. Once you're able to kind of figure that out, it makes the world a difference. And I think what has helped me at least in terms of approaching others is that very same thing of just being like hi you are not even just a creator you're just you're a person and people have their own joys their their pain their fears their just whatever it is whether they're making more money or on on more platforms but they're just still people at the end of the day and i know it's hard believe me because as someone who met Stan Lee once in a very indirect kind of a funny way, he was still just a regular ass person. Cause again, you'll have to push that down. Believe me, there are people I've talked to where it's like, I was nervous as hell, but as long as you're cool and don't make anybody uncomfortable. Best example was I was at a convention. This might've been special edition NYC in New York. It was like a smaller version of like New York comic con. And I remember wanting to bring like a bunch of comics, like especially the New Mutants, because that's one of my favorite comic book series ever. I forgot all my books at home, and I knew Chris Claremont's going to be there. Ah. I loved his X Men stuff. There was no line or anything. He's just sitting at a table, and I wanted to ask him a million things about the New Mutants and about the X Men and this and that. You know, oh, I want to get my book signed. Maybe have him do like a, a intro bumper for the podcast. All the stuff. But I just remember just walking up to him and shaking his hand. It's like, thank you for creating the new, the new mutants. And he's like, you're very welcome. And I walked away. I don't know how it felt on his end because I can't speak for him. But to me, I was just like, I got to thank somebody whose work meant the world to me. And just to be able to just say thank you, I think was yeah. better than me going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, you know, and basically freaking him out because I'm going a mile a minute and like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? You know, like, I just was just very much like, hey, thanks. And I don't know, maybe to, like, even anytime someone says to me, hey, I listened to your show and it was really cool. Or I know, was it, um, shout out to Octopus Caveman, if you're listening. He he had tweeted once, he was like, yeah, your show got me through waiting at the DMV. And the DMV is horrific. That's not breaking news, Adrian. (laughs) We all know that. (laughs) But again, if, if my stupid ass podcast was able to entertain somebody through getting to the DMV, that to me, I wrote that for the longest because I'm like, I kept somebody from going berserk at a DMV. I've made it. Things like that that make it totally worthwhile. I 100% get what you're saying about the treat everybody as people. It's so funny because a lot of the people I really, really looked up to and still do 
are people that I am uh, in contact with now, like as a creator. And I never in a million years thought that I'd be in contact with these people or have access to them the way that I do or anybody else can if they were to project themselves forward and just get over that. Like, because there's nothing special about anybody, especially for um, the comic book world. A lot of people might listen to me say this and disagree. I mean this with the utmost respect to the comic book world. I don't believe there's tears at all. I think we all love the same stuff. And yeah, like there's the big publishers and the the smaller publishers and everything. But at the end of the day, we're bonded by the same love for and passion for this stuff. So just because somebody's like working for one of the big two and um, they've done it consistently and they've grown a name does not mean that you cannot reach out to them, that they're unobtainable to chat with. They're the same as they were when they were just starting out, like almost guaranteed. Like right. once once a geek, like always a geek. They're just doing geek at the, the bigger places now. Like that's the only difference. I'm special, but at the end of the day, I'm not special. You know, I'm not the only podcaster. You're not the only comic creator. But at the same time, just staying humble about it, you know what I mean? Just really just keeping an honest, humble spirit about it where you're not on some rock star type stuff because you happen to maybe know of certain creators or certain people. You know, it's like, yeah, I looked at my phone and I may have someone's phone number in there, which is cool. And it's a nice little like, hey, you know, that's kind of cool. But at the end of the day, I still got to do the work. Danny, like you, you came out strong on that one. That was a really good first one. It it was. And did I mention Danny has a book coming out by Vault Comics, Queen of Bad Dreams? Look for it, pre-order it. Do all your local comic book pre-orders. I already said pre-order, but I didn't pluralize it. Pre-orders. Order the fuck out of that book. Absolutely, I love Danny. And thank you, Danny, for that great question. Yeah, Danny's okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one, because that one took a, a while, this one's just a, just one answer. Just give me one answer. Don't don't elaborate. Don't don't tell me where you were when this happened. Just give me one answer. <laughs> I want to move the fuck along after this one. So this <laughs> so this is from Beth Barnett, who's one of uh, my favorite people on Twitter. Talented comic book creator, artist, writer, loves World War II. Pineapples or mangoes? One answer, Adrian. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, are you sure you're interviewing me? Damn, just like some deer hunter shit. Um, pineapples. There you go. Okay, moving along. Uh, John Ward, good friend of mine, Vancouver writer, has a book. Come, I'm just promoting everybody, by the way. No, hell yeah, do it has a book coming out with Antarctic Press called Off Beats. Again, order it, everybody. Talented guy. Uh, his uh, question is, describe your favorite failure, which I'm sure by the end of this podcast is going to be this podcast, <laughs> or an apparent failure that actually led to later success. Okay, I know I just mentioned a Stan Lee thing, though, but I think that's probably the best I can come up with at such short notice. This is going back, I forget which New York Comic Con this was. He was doing a panel for, um, I think he had been working with, I think it was like Virgin Media, Virgin Comics, about creating like these new characters. And I don't know if any of that ever saw the light of day. I honestly cannot remember. But at, I was, my sister and I were more concerned with like, it's freaking Stan Lee. Like, let's go to this panel. They're letting all these people and all these people in. As soon as they get to us, they close the door. Mm-hmm. They're not letting us in. And I'm like, are you for real? Like, come on. There's two of us. And they're like, oh, we can't let you in. It's filled. It's up to capacity. And I'm like, look, I don't even need to be up front. I'll just be in the back room. Like, I'll just be in the back of the of the hall. Because it's one of the smaller rooms. And, like, they literally looked at us, like, practically begging. They're like, all right, cool. Just, you know, don't make a scene. So, you know, they opened it up, let us in. Again, I don't remember half of what they were discussing. But, again, it's like I'm in the same room with the guy who I owe so much to. And, you know, the panel's going fine. Everything's going great. Needless to say, once the panel was over, 
everybody's rushing the stage because, of course, it's, it's freaking Stanley, so everybody's going berserk. Now, where my sister and I were are on the side of the, the panel room, like, on the right side, and there's some guy with this giant laser cannon of a camera on a tripod and all these wires. So as everybody's rushing the stage, you know, Stan and his reps and everybody, they're bringing him basically to the sides since they couldn't get to the middle. And he realized he's coming our way. You know, he's coming up, he's coming up, he's coming up, trips over the wires. And, you know, we kind of get underneath him real quick and, you know, trying to make sure he doesn't fall. And he's like, oh, you know, thank you. And, you know, move it along. Now, I call it greatest failure because I wanted to be front row at that signing. So that way I figured, well, once this thing's over, I figured I'll go up real quick, embarrass myself by doing my two minutes. But it's like, we almost didn't make it in. Like, I totally botched that. But at the end of the day, it's like, I still got to beat him. Right. So it was like, okay, that's not how that was planned out, but it ended up working out. And also the short answer is also this podcast. (laughs) Uh, That's because I rushed you on the pineapples, mangoes fucking question, isn't it? That's bullshit. No, man. Pineapples are dope. You know what? Watch your numbers for this podcast. Go straight the fuck up. Just watch. It's happening in real time. Like, it hasn't even been posted, and the metrics are already just, like, (laughs) redlining. Oh, my God. It's going to be your most successful episode. I guarantee it. Uh, Next question comes from uh, a guy with attitude, super successful, talented artist named Chris Sheehan. I love the guy. He needs to work on said attitude, like I mentioned. Uh, He says, and again, just we're going to run this one right the fuck through because we don't need to spend time with Chris here. Chris is just trying to be attention seeking with this one. He says cereal first and then milk or milk first. And then cereal. So I, I have a minute stop clock going right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so go for it. Give me give me your answer, Adrian. Cereal then milk. I mean, what what crazy person does it the other way around? No, I like I. That's that's like Chris is just trying to be a dick. Ah, <laughs> fucking Chris. Is that really what it is? That is exactly what it is. He does like he's trying to ruin my big night. Fuck, like, just whatever. I don't want to give him any more spotlight. He's done. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. And Chris has another one. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to read it. Uh, oh, see, now you kind of have to read it, though. Uh, All right. Well, don't spend any time on it. All right. Don't, don't give him the attention. Would you rather own a burrito place that also does car washes or a car wash place that sells burrito. What a fucking dumbass question. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to, I defy you. That is a brilliant question. That's a brilliant question. Because the, the answer is burritos always. Moving right along. No, 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 no. You're not going to, you're not going to bulldoze me over this one. No, because trust me, not everybody needs to get their car washed, but everybody needs a burrito. So burritos first. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, Matthew Sumo. Oh, Matt. What up, Matt? Yeah, Matt's like, I need to have Matt on this show. Like, Matt's been not only a great guy, but also one of our great supporters. And it's always a blast seeing him at cons or at, like, local signings. Matt's a great guy. So, what up, Matt? (laughs) He simply asks, can you ask Adrian when I can come back on? (laughs) And then... (laughs) I knew it! (laughs) The answer is... Name a time and place. No, because I I owe Matt a lot. He's always like I said, he's been super supportive, and I always have a great time chatting with him. So that's one of those I feel like we got to do in person because Matt's just so much fun to chat with. So yeah, I definitely got to hit him up after that. Yeah, the door's open. Just just name a time. Okay, Ahmed Rafat, good friend of mine, somebody I'm doing a pitch with. Uh, super super talented. Uh, I believe he has a book with Tim Styles called Mm. Gorilla My Dreams. He asks, what is something not happening in comics right now that you would like to see? Whether it's a certain type of story, event, way of selling, reaching out to readership, maybe something that used to be done but not anymore. Oh, there's a few of them. I mean, one is I think sometimes there is a want to sort of do things different. And again, I'm not naming in this city a particular publisher or anything like that, but I feel like there's a desire at least to want to 
reach out to new readers, new you know groups of people. I don't want to say demographics because that always just sounds like a little impersonal, but you know people who maybe don't normally read comics or graphic novels, whatever. But I feel like in a way, in order to bring in people who don't maybe tra- read traditional comics, there's that you know that risk of well. By doing this, they may lose a certain person, which honestly, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about. I'd rather, I don't know, maybe I'm not phrasing it correctly. Sorry, like I thought you were going to continue there. I, I was trying to be careful with my words because I, I don't want to like say something and then be misunderstood. But much like we had talked about before, there's so many different fandoms that exist that it's not all the same thing. And I feel like comics also don't have to be the same thing. I, I wish I had the answer for this. Because I don't know the sales part. I mean, that's definitely not my forte. But I just mean in terms of their perception. Because I feel like the perception of your average comic reader is still too skewed towards like a, a certain group. And I feel like more people read them, but don't necessarily get their books from like a traditional comic shop. But don't get me wrong. I love comic shops. But not everybody either has access to one or much less goes to one. And I've been very fortunate that the ones that I know of whether here in New York or back in Jersey have been very good at bringing in a lot of different people that I didn't grow up seeing in comic book shops because nine and ten times I was usually the darkest dude in the the room and a lot of times I've gone to shops had basically like almost as if you're like you know the stranger that walks into the saloon and like the piano music stops the bartender starts wiping his glass like everybody stops playing cards and just stares at you I've had that like my entire life up until I would say fairly recently going at the shops. And I think that's cool because people are starting to realize, look, they're a fan, they're readers, they're customers, they're people. So, but I think something that needs to change is just the overall perception of what a comic book reader is, because it's a lot of things. It's a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a, a much bigger answer to that, but I think that's probably the basis. Now, so I don't want to take up too much time as it is. All right. I'm, I'm going to move on to the next one. Brian Level did not have a question. He just sent three confused emojis. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Cannon, one of my best friends, has a mini series coming out soon. Uh, next year, actually. So she has a lot of time to make it the most amazing mini series you've ever read uh, with Alterna Comics called Hexed. Her question is In your opinion, what genre do you feel is underrepresented in comics right now that you would love to see more of, particularly in indie comics? Oh, interesting. Okay, because I thought about this one at work earlier while I had some downtime. Thankfully, it was a slow day, so I had plenty of it. Like, there's not one genre, but I feel like one that's kind of could be mashed up a lot more is the superhero slash slice of life comic. Mm. One of my favorite things about like early X-Men books was, you know, them playing softball. I think it was a Jim Mafood. Um he had done like this Generation X underground special in like the mid 90s, which was still one of my favorite comics because one of the stories was essentially just the X-Men or Generation X team playing video games. I realized that you don't really see like a lot of downtime with superheroes. And I think I'm not saying that, Oh, everybody needs to do it, but it would be cool. Cause something I had kind of pitched was the idea of having a superhero comic. And I don't, you know, necessarily needs to be one publisher over the other, but a superhero book where they just do regular people things. Right. And, and whatever that may be like, okay, there might be interesting ways in which they use their powers that aren't necessarily trying to stop supervillains or much less even muggers or anything like that, but a lazy Sunday kind of Spider-Man kind of thing. Okay. So the next one, Cody Sousa, you know, Cody. Oh, Cody, what up? Another great guest. Good guy. Great guy. Yeah. Has amazing books. Sinitis, Croak, such a talented writer. Ask Adrian if he could party with any comic book creator. Oh, character. Oh, man. Oh, all right. shit. That is a good Whoa. one. No, it's, I'm not done. Adrian. The way I'm going to start over. <laughs> yes, I'm going to start over. If you could party with any comic book character, who would it be? But drinking is not allowed, and you only have a $20 budget. So Cody went specific. Twenty dollar budget party, one character. 
No drinking. No drinking. Which is fine. Is it? <laughs> I mean, no, but... <laughs> um, like, I, I don't care. Like, one of us has a problem. <laughs> no, but it's like, I, I do fine. enjoy my... I do enjoy my, my booze, not gonna lie. To thine own itself be true. Oh, damn. So, it's like, there's so many to think of. It's like... Um, Jamie Madrix. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That's... uh. It's like, yes, it is one character, but I can make multiples in a character. Jesus. Okay. Well, uh, there you go. Uh, fuck you, Cody. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> is what Adrian just said. Um, okay, so this one comes from an ex-man writer, currently, uh, Mr. Lonnie Nadler, who just wrote, uh, co-wrote Age of the X-Man with Zach Thompson. Get out of here. Okay. Crap. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, awesome. Fellow... Yeah, fellow uh, Vancouver boy. Um, Lonnie's a a great dude. This one is to piss me off. I'm going to read it because (laughs) Lonnie, we had a drinking night at Jason Copeland's place. Me, Lonnie, Jason, obviously, and uh, John Ward and Randy Stone. So we're all there. Like always, I'm the drunkest one at the table. (laughs) And... And Lonnie would not shut the fuck up about this one simple detail in my name. So he says, ask Adrian if I should change my Twitter handle to Bellycrack. So you're really just switching the K and the B of my first name and my last name. Not for nothing. I'm kind of with it, at least for, okay, minimum a week. So risk losing the Twitter handle Noir Comics to please Lonnie Nadler is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Moving the fuck on. Uh, so that's a no, Lonnie. <laughs> Wow, I okay. Didn't even didn't even give it like a moment's thought. Just like nope, moving on. Oh man. I, I'm very like, you know what? I'll be a diva. I'm not taking any shit. I don't care if you're writing for Marvel. <laughs> if if you're going to like I said before, Adrian has issues is is Kelly's show tonight. So Lonnie could take all that shit and go away with it. I don't <laughs> Zero fucks given. You're not going to come in and embarrass me. So this one comes from a relatively unknown up-and-coming artist named Amelia Parson. Um, Emily Pearson. I was trying to be insulting to her. Uh, So this one comes from Emily. Shout out to Emily. By the way, I'm going to totally just cut you off, by the way, because I'm a rude guest. Emily, fantastic person, uh, amazing artist. Also watches Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Does she? Does she like fucking owe you money or something? Like, why no. are you so nice? <laughs> like, because Emily's awesome. Is, is she? You. You. Yes. All right, dude. When when you start raising your bar just a little bit higher for friendship, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Emily. I know you you think so highly of her. She has one of the greatest responses. Can you tell him I said hi? Aw, see? How sweet is that? You're just jealous, man. See? You're just jealous. Jealous? Oh, dude. Like, who the fuck are you going to side with? The guy that's hosting your show? Or somebody who's not even going to listen to this episode? (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) Fucking make friends where you're supposed to. Like, it's a fucking... This is Battlefield, my friend. Oh, man, that is rugged, y'all. See, I don't know, is it a Vancouver thing? Man, West Side is rough. Whoa. (laughs) Why the fuck are you bringing my city into this? (laughs) Nothing nothing against the city, man, but... (laughs) Oh, just because Lonnie's a dick to me? (laughs) (laughs) Not even, I don't know, it's just... (laughs) Lonnie's a dick to Kelly, Kelly's a dick to everybody else. It must be a Vancouver thing. No, I I think, think, uh, yeah, I'm just... We're all dicks. I was going to say, shout out to British Columbia, though. Ooh, thanks, man. But right after you put down Vancouver... I didn't put down Vancouver. Regardless of how I feel about the Canucks, which was a long time ago, I've since squashed that beef. 
squash that beef. Like, who are we in the forties? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, if we were in the forties, I would not be allowed on the show. All right. <laughs> oh my god! So too soon, way too soon. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh, move this along. Here we go. <laughs> Mr. Ryan Katie, Infinite Dark for Top Cow. Amazing writer. Probably the nicest guy in comics. Somebody I could never, ever possibly say anything mean about. He wants to know what your specific order at Chipotle is because he believes it says a lot about someone. Um, actually had a specific order for a while. Um, nothing crazy. It would mainly just go for like a chicken burrito without the pico. Like, I don't even think we have Chipotle in Canada. Do we? Any Canadians listening? Do we have Chipotle? Like, I'm acting like this is a live stream. Right? Like, uh, you're <laughs> at- <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Um, I think we could do one more here. Iris at Mouse Wings on Twitter. Uh, what's your favorite bird? And she would also like to know what my favorite bird is because she doesn't only think about you. She <laughs> thinks about me as well. All right, let's see. Favorite bird. And if you say big bird, I think that's going to be a fucking cop out. No, big bird is nobody's favorite bird. Ooh. Damn. I, I, the I, I don't know why. Takes, no, no. Rah, rah, just gunning everybody down. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Like, um, I don't know. The Falcon, because I like the Falcon Avengers. So Falcons are my favorite. My granddad was a bird expert and used to write for nature magazines in and around Vancouver. Him and I, we would go bird watching together on our hikes. And I remember a very specific moment where I saw, <laughs> I saw a goose and I said, Oh, look, look, granddad. I'm making this so whimsical. Look, granddad, a goose. And he corrected me, told me to look closer as if it's like a karate kid moment. Look closer, Kelly. So I, I looked in the binoculars and I did. I looked closer and he said, Tell me what you see. What color are the eyes? Oh man, this is and then, Oh, I know. It fucked me up for years. And I said, Why, granddad, they're golden. And he said, Because that's a golden eyed goose. And I said, that's my favorite fucking bird. <laughs> <laughs> First off, I, I'm mad because I'm thinking, all right, bird, bird. What was the last time I thought about birds? And I'm like, all right, I like the falcon. You know, it's one of my favorite Avengers. Okay, fine, a falcon. Meanwhile, you got this cool, whimsical story with your grandfather, and you guys bird watch and you hiked. And I'm like, damn, that, that look foolish. Dude, move to Canada. I'll find you a grandfather over here. <laughs> like you, you'll you'll be fine, man. <laughs> Just like start adopting granddads to go bird watching. Yes. Oh, trust oh, me. At this I... point, if things if things keep up over here, we end up might end up being roommates. Because goddamn, <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm down. You get over here. Bring Matt with you. We'll we'll be cool. This has been fun. Like we definitely got to do this again. This is cool. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, so like obviously we're wrapping this up. Now, um, if you ever do want to do this again, you let me know. I could totally tell you're trying to take over your show again. But let me remind you, this is Kelly time. So I'm going to say thank you to all the people that participated on Twitter for the Ask Adrian questions. Even though I kind of forced people and I, especially Chris, I'm so sorry if I was rude to you. Emily as well. You know, I love Emily. Before we close up, there was a very good reason why I was not only just saying the creator's names, but what they were working on and the publisher that it's for is because I want people to go and seek it out. So if you're listening to this, make note of every creator I said with their, their books and the publisher and support them because they are what's going to make the industry even better than it is now, like the most talented people on the fucking planet. So do that. And this will be the greatest episode of Adrian has issues. Guaranteed. Do you have a rebuttal, sir? Do you doubt it? You don't doubt it. You're not saying anything. No, I you're in awe. You're in awe. The golden eyed goose totally fucked you over. (laughs) (laughs) That damn goose. Yeah. 
Oh my god. This is definitely an eye-opener. I feel like we made a breakthrough. I think we need to make this a semi-regular thing. Whenever you get bored of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Damn. Dude, I'm just saying it how it is. Whenever you get bored of yourself, you call me and I'll make it feel better. That was weird. (laughs) But seriously, no matter how sexy I put it, like I'll I'll come on. And I appreciate it. Yes. And again, thank, but, thank you for being um, a gracious hostage taker. Oh, 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 fuck, man. Like, I don't want to hear that twice in the same day. Just thank me for doing your podcast. All right. Well, thank you for doing my podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for letting me do your podcast. I was so excited about it earlier. And all of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook absolutely knows how excited I was because I am a fucking lunatic when it comes to doing this shit. Um, but anyways, this was another episode of Adrian has issues. And then bop, 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 like, what's your theme song? Well, okay. Well, cue the music.